You're listening to the Do Something More podcast, and this is episode 12 with Kelly Ritchie talking about being a caregiver. Welcome to the Do Something More podcast, a service-oriented show where we highlight the helpers who inspire us all to do something more. I'm your host, Melissa Draper. Thank you so much for being here. All right, here we are for another episode of the Do Something More podcast. And today I get to interview my awesome sister-in-law, Kelly Ritchie. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, being a caregiver So I'm going to give her a minute to introduce herself in just a minute. But uh, for those of you listening, wondering exactly what what a a caregiver is, I actually looked up some official definitions. And so here is something that um, here's one I found that I thought summed it up pretty well, where it says a caregiver is an unpaid individual involved in assisting others with activities in daily living and or medical tasks. And many times that's a family member or someone who's related to a caregiver. So now that I've given that definition, I hope you can understand where this conversation is going to go today. And I'm sure many of you probably instantly thought of someone who you know is a caregiver. As many people are, um, as I was looking up statistics, more than one in five Americans are caregivers many times again to family members. So that's what our conversation is about today. And I'm so excited to have Kelly here to join us. So Kelly, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Do you want to just start off by just giving us a little introduction of yourself? Sure. Sure. I, uh, I grew up in Eastern Oregon. I was a tomboy from the get go. I loved sports. I did every sport out there. I attended Rick's College after I graduated high school, and that's where I met my husband. He wasn't going to school there, but he was a deputy sheriff for the county we live in, and I was going into criminal justice. And so I had a friend that knew there was a murder sentencing and trial going on, and so we went to that, and my husband was uh, one of the security guards there that day. And when he saw me, he asked my friend who I was. And she said, give me a week. And she had us set up and the rest is history. So um, that's a good story in and of itself. (laughs) Not many people meet their future spouse in court. (laughs) I know, right? Right. (laughs) At least I wasn't the one on trial, even though he tends to tell people that at times. Right. But uh Anyway, I when I married him, I had no idea I'd be taking care of his parents later on down the road. And so that's why I'm here today to talk to you about how I took care of his parents. One of them is still living, but his mother passed away a year and a half ago. And I took care of her for about nine to 10 years. And after she passed away, I've been taking care of my father-in-law. Up until recently, he's moved into a nursing home. He just realized that I needed a break and he was just getting too difficult to take care of. So that's where, that's where we're at right now. So 
turn back over to Melissa for some questions. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being willing to come on the show. As I mentioned to you earlier, um, it was my husband that actually had the idea to invite you after you had shared some of your experiences um, with us in caregiving. And both of us have always been impressed um, with the love and care that you've shown to your in-laws and wanted to be there to provide. So um, so let's go into that a little bit. You mentioned it was your in-laws that you've been a caregiver to, your mother-in-law and then your father-in-law. How did that first start? Um, how did you make decisions on what needed to be done and, and what you would provide as, as their daughter-in-law? Well, my mother-in-law slowly just lost use of her legs. Um, just over time, when Keith and I first got married, she was using a cane and it just gradually, and, and that was 30 years ago. And she gradually moved to a walker and then into a wheelchair and then to a motorized wheelchair. And then in 2013, she had a third major back surgery, which pretty much uh, made her unable to even help herself with her legs at all. Like before she was able to still drive her car because she could get in the car and at least move her legs enough to drive. And she could get herself into the bathroom. Okay. You know, just wheeling up to the toilet. But uh, after that final back surgery, she spent about three to four months in rehab and in a nursing home. And when she came home, she, she couldn't even stand at all. Like, pull herself up and stand. And so from then on, she needed assistance. And it started off with people from the community that she was able to hire. Uh, one lady was a CNA at the nursing home that worked with her after she went home. Uh, but that lady moved on. And so it just kind of whittled down to where we couldn't find anybody to help her. And I was kind of the last resort. And so through time, it was just me and one other lady that was helping her all the time. And she could get around in the house good in her wheelchair. She kind of banged up the doors and the walls. And yeah, you can tell that house had a motorized wheelchair in it. But right. uh, she couldn't get herself out of bed. She couldn't get herself to the, to the bathroom. Uh, she could fix herself food and stuff like that. But the main help she needed was just getting up in the mornings getting to bed at night, and then helped in the bathroom during the day, which was mainly my job. So I had specific times that I would go down every day and help her in the restroom. So that was that was main, my main job with her, which, you know, I just did it because she was my mother-in-law. She never paid me. I never asked to be paid. And then I also was the one that always took her to all her doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, well, we were doing at least one, every month or every two months driving to Logan from up here in eastern Idaho. We would drive to either Logan or Layton because there was a eye doctor down there. She had uh, macular degeneration and she'd have to get the ILEA shots in her eyes. Mm -hmm. So I was having to do that, which was a three-hour drive to Logan, a three-hour drive back all in one day. Uh, which was which was really hard, especially when I'm running my own business at home. Right, and your family as well. Yeah. 
trying to take care of my kids and do their activities and, you know. So anyway, that's kind of how I got hooked up to taking care of her. It just kind of naturally happened just because we live right next to them. Right. And I I love, there's so many things you shared there. Like you said, you were, she was your mother-in-law. You loved and cared about her. And so you wanted to be there to help in those, those critical times. Um, but I love the acknowledgement that you say there that I think any caregiver would say is that at times it's hard. It is not an easy job um, to do that, even though you love and care about that individual. So how did you work through those times? I know when we talk about caregiving, it can apply in a lot of different family situations, but I would, I would love to hear what is some of the advice you would give to anyone in that situation um, to, for themselves to find ways to care for themselves or, or to work through those hard moments? Well, a lot of times I just had to get away, just knowing I had to go down there every day, you know, which is, which was good. I was glad that I got to go down there and, and spend that time with them every day, but I always dreaded the reason I had to go down there. And it just got, it was more of a mental challenge for me than a physical challenge. Mm-hmm. I I would find myself just, I don't want to go down there. I don't want to go down there, you know, and, and, but I would always do it and she'd always be nice and thank me and, you know, and everything, but it just, it was hard. It, uh, towards the end, she was having a lot of health issues, some pretty severe ones. And, and it made her very, kind of demanding and mm-hmm. stuff. And so, you know, it was hard to find myself not arguing with her or telling her you need to do this because what do you want to do? Just give up, you know, just, you know, it was hard not to just snap back at her and stuff like that. Which is but, natural for anyone. Yeah. And yeah. especially when you do it for so long, you know, you just need to give yourself a break from time to time. There are people out there that, that w- are willing to help you. I'd have to basically go over and stay with my parents just to get away. And But there was always someone that could fill in, that was willing to fill in. And with my father-in-law, he was a lot, he was a lot easier to take care of than my mother-in-law was because he was still mobile. Um, right his main problem was he was diabetic. And so he has diabetic retinopathy and is fully blind. Mm. And, and so, but as far as caregiving between the two, I mean, I rolled right from one end to the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was a lot easier to take care of than she ever was. In a, in like a physical sense too, probably. Well, yeah. Physical sense and, and mental uh, emotional sense. He -hmm. just, I don't know. He was, he was, I mean, still is, but he's up in the nursing home. So nice. And just so thankful and just always wondering, you know, what he can do to make things easier for me and stuff like that. Right. So, but every, every, every situation is different. At least with mine, I was able to come home and, you know, we have a lot of caregivers that are out there that, actually live with the person that they're caregiving. Right. And those are the ones that, you know, really need the break from time to time. Right. Really need to take 
you schedule that time right to, to take a break and and to recharge exactly. and and I loved how you shared there's always people you can find that will give that assistance right um, whether it's in a volunteer aspect or as you mentioned earlier finding someone to hire to assist in those moments as well so yeah yep. yeah I love that well, I, I would also love to hear because we've heard some of your stories and as you always shared them, I could always hear um, the love that you had for your in-laws as well and for your family. And so what what are some of the biggest things that you've learned um, about yourself or your family as you've had that experience being a caregiver? Well, my biggest thing that I've, I've told people is I have no regrets. At the time with my mother-in-law, it was, it was hard. And, but I have no regrets um, after she passed away as far as, oh, I wish I would have visited her more. I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. Because of me being down there every day, I had the opportunity to just spend time with her. And so I never had any regrets as far as wishing I would have done more because I was doing more all the time with her. Right. Spending, spending a lot of time with her. And, you know, and there was a lot of good times, even though it was difficult and it, you know, took a toll on me emotionally at times, but I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. Yeah. And, not just the the time, but I think you really get to know someone when you serve them in that way. Yeah. You, you really get to form a, a relationship that's unique in yeah. itself. You definitely learn to love them. And I remember my mother-in-law always, okay, she preferred me helping her over anybody else because, and I don't know if it was just because she was my mother-in-law. I don't know if I would have done this with just you know, anybody, but right. I always looked for something that I could tell that might make her uncomfortable. So I would fix it. Do you know what I mean? Cause she mm -hmm. was in the wheelchair all the time. And so I would always make small adjustments to like, Oh, your pants are hiked way up. Let me pull them down or let me adjust this. So you don't have wrinkles behind your head or, you know, or whatever. Right. She always would point out that I always went kind of the extra mile to notice small things like that to just kind of make her life a little easier, you know, in her situation. And, sure. and so, you know, I think that comes from learning to love them because they don't want to be in that situation. Right. And they don't want you to have to take care of them. They, they really don't like, they want to be independent. And so just anything to kind of ease their burden means a lot to them. And, and I always looked for those small things that I could just kind of help her have an easier day, you know? Right. As you shared that, I, I thought that you maybe still saw her as a, her own person. Because right. any, any woman, even though she's in a wheelchair or has medical needs, cares about how she looks, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. And, definitely my mother-in-law. Yeah. And so she you saw her. her as a person still, even despite those challenges she had. She always had her lipstick on. And if she didn't have her wig on, she 
was mortified that you saw her without a wig on. But I tell you, she was the cutest little old lady you ever saw in your life. <laughs> I mean, she died when she was, I think, 86. So picture this little 80-some-year-old woman with gray hair that she always covered up with a wig. And when she'd take that off, I tell you, it melted my heart every time. So oh. she was so cute with her wig off, but she was always mortified that I saw her that way. <laughs> because, because us women care about that, even, <laughs> even at those times. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Are there any other specific stories or experiences that you thought you maybe wanted to share that could just give, give someone else out there that's a, that's a caregiver some perspective or encouragement? Oh, there's all kinds of stories. Um, some some are fun, some are not so fun. But one that I was thinking of that was kind of a funny situation. Mm -hmm. I was always on speed dial, you know, whenever there was something going on that they couldn't handle down there. And well, anyway, let me kind of just say, so my father-in-law being blind and my mother-in-law being handicapped in a wheelchair. Right. They, we always thought it was funny how they were able to like keep themselves going at home alone. You know what I mean? And right. so anyway, they call me one. my father-in-law calls me one day and says, I need you to come down. Grandma's got the vacuum cord all wound up in her wheelchair. And so I went down there and I don't know how she did it, but oh, dear. the vacuum cord was completely wound around the, around the wheelchair's wheels. And I could not get it undone. I could not get it undone. And so we had to transfer her out of that chair in just into, I don't know. I don't remember what we put her in, probably the other wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And then had to like tip that wheelchair on its side, take the wheel off just to get that cord out of that. But it was the funniest thing. I mean, there was <laughs> stuff like that going on all the time. You know, her spilling spilling Listerine all over the floor and I have to go down there and clean it up or just fun stuff like that. At the time you're like, Oh my goodness, how did this happen? But, <laughs> you know, you look back and it's just, you know, it was funny stuff. She, she one time turned on the oven and she always kept, she's so funny. Okay. So in the oven, she always kept like a cookie sheet in there with stuff on it, like mm -hmm. spatulas and I don't know. It was kind of like her story. Like another little cupboard for herself. Yeah, yeah. So she turns on the oven and doesn't remember that that stuff's in there. And she melted a spatula to the, to the bottom of the oven. And it was pretty funny. So we had to put a magnet on it and stick it on the fridge so that we could always remember that story. No, <laughs> to, to take things out of there. I love that. And yes, you've shared so many stories with us to, that have made us smile. And I think that might be another piece of advice for someone that finds themselves um, in these situations is to not forget to see the humor in it, right? Exactly. Sometimes it can feel so serious when you're helping with medical issues or, or dealing with, you know, these very real life or death situations, maybe someone that you know isn't going to be around much longer, or whatever it is. Um, but to be able to find those moments to laugh together and to not always see it so serious. Exactly. Yep. Always look for the the good in everything, no matter how hard. So, because because 
you know, there's joy in everything we do, even though it's trials. Right. There's always some, some good that we can enjoy um, seeing out of it. So, well, um, is there any other advice that you would give or challenges that were unique you had to work through that you'd like to share? Man, I don't know. I would just say, enjoy it, you know, as hard as, as hard as it is emotionally or physically, uh, you know, these people aren't going to last forever, especially if you're caring for the elderly, right? Enjoy your time with them. Listen to their stories. My father-in-law is just full of stories. And so we always try to record everything we can with him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, as frustrating as it can be and as, and as daunting and meticulous and just, just, enjoy it enjoy it because it it won't last forever and then you'll look back and you'll be like i'm glad i did that i have no regrets and that's how i feel with them that i was i i feel blessed that i had the opportunity to take care of them in their time of need and even though it was years it's gone by pretty quick right And I love that perspective to feel blessed that you have um, the capability or the means to be able to help a family member or someone you love and care about in need. Yep. Yeah. Well, as we've been speaking today, all of this advice and some of these feelings, I have not been a caregiver in the way that you have, but they've all reminded me of being a stay-at-home mother. I thought... This is all advice or things I think I've heard when I was especially a mother of littles at home. So maybe there's some universal principles right. in there that others can take from this that um, I think all of us at some point in our lives will have the opportunity to care, help care for the physical needs of another. And so it's good to keep um, some perspective to, to realize it's okay if it feels hard sometimes as you shared and find those moments to take a break. Um, but realize that as you're devoting that time, you'll look back with, with no regrets. Yep, exactly. And write, write the experiences down. That's that I should say is my one regret that I did not do that. And I need to do that. I need to, while these memories are still, fairly fresh in my mind, I need to, you know, write these memories down in a journal because they are special to me. They are special. I love that. Oh, that is great advice to end on. Write it down and remember those experiences. Yep. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being willing to let me interview today about your experiences and your family and for all that you've done um, for your in-laws, I'm sure. There are many that are appreciative besides them of the service that you've given. Well, thank you for thinking of me and thank you, Charles, for suggesting me to Melissa. Yep. That was a good suggestion. Uh All right. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes my interview with Kelly Ritchie. And I'm just so thankful that she was willing to come on my podcast and talk about her experiences in a small way of being a caregiver to her in-laws. And I think especially because as we talk about this 
topic of being a caregiver, of caregiving, that is such a huge thing to be devoted to and a lot of hard work. And I know it can come with a wide range of emotions as uh, someone goes through that experience of caregiving for someone they care about or family member or loved one. And so I just love how open and honest Kelly was in that interview of sharing those real life experiences and the wide range of experiences that you might have as you care for someone. And I, I just, I love that about her. She's my sister-in-law. And that's one of the things I love about her is how willing and open and honest she is of sharing some of those feelings and experiences. So I'm grateful for her. And I also wanted to mention that since we recorded this episode, her father-in-law did pass away. And so that kind of concludes for her uh, a time in her life that she was able to care for both her mother and father-in-law. And I know, as I mentioned at the end of the podcast, I know there's many others besides them that are thankful for that good service that she gave. And I also love that reminder that she gave that she has no regrets about what she's been able to do and serve in that way. And I hope all of you listening were able to hear some good advice. I think there was good advice in there that was universal, that could be applied for a lot of different situations and ways as we all try to serve our family members and our loved ones and those in our circles. So grateful for that interview. And I just want to conclude, if you have been enjoying this podcast, I would love to have you do one of two things. First of all, if you've enjoyed these episodes, if they've brought some enrichment to your life, listening to them, to go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening I would love to have you leave a review if you've found some benefit in the episodes that you've been listening to on this podcast. Or number two, if you've listened to an episode and there's someone you know you've thought of that could benefit or would love listening to someone else talk about that topic, please share it with them. Share it, the episode, and and let them know, hey, I think you would enjoy listening to this. So those are the two things I would love to have you do. If you've been enjoying the do something more podcast so far, far, uh, leave a review or share an episode with a friend or family member. So thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next time.